What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This summer, click into cordless power with Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40-volt battery-powered mower. And keep your flower beds looking fresh with the 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Then clear leaves and debris with the 40-volt leaf blower. No cords, no gas, no hassle. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at the Home Depot and on homedepot.com. How doers get more done. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome to Movie Crush, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Mini Crush with Noel and me. Man, Chuck, you almost had like a rap kind of quality to me. It's like, hey, everybody, welcome to Mini Crush with Noel and me. <laughs> Orchestra hit. Well, you know Noel, that sound? I'm old school, so mine would go more like, uh, well, my name is Chuck, and I'm here to say I'm going to crush it out with Noel in a movie kind of way. That's exactly uh, uh, right. Uh, uh. That's yeah, orchestra hit. <laughs> Bam! You know that sound? Classic. Uh, is that the... Uh, yeah, I think I know what you mean. Yeah. Sounds yeah. like an it entire sounds, symphony. Like, yeah, it's like... Bam! One, one yeah. note. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, originally, it was on this uh, sampling synth called a Fairlight, which you might have seen. It has like a little touchscreen, early touchscreen with green letters and numbers on it. You use a little pen. Yeah. And it was actually a sample from Shostakovich's Rites of Spring. Oh. And it has, it has since been through many, many iterations. But the original orchestra hit was uh, from one of those big stabs in the Rites of Spring. Boy, and then it's been on just hundreds of hip-hop songs since then. Oh, dude. And and now it's coming back, actually. Like, I don't know if you're into, like, Grimes at all, but she uses it. Lots of this, like, hyper-pop stuff, like 100 Gex. Yeah. And, like, all this weird, like, uh, kind of meme culture type music uses it a lot. It's definitely back in a big way. Well, I'll tell you what we'll do now, since people probably, it's hard to do that sound as a human being. So maybe if Uber producer Seth can insert one of those right here. Boom. That'd be great. All oh, right. That was great. What am I saying? <laughs> Wow. <laughs> and maybe uh just throw a throw an eight oh eight in there mm-hmm. so everyone knows that classic beat. You know, I've been 
being super prolific lately, Chuck. I think we played a little bit of the Sparkle Girl song on, on the it's last a, it's episode. It's a big hit already with the movie it's Crushers. A, it's a bop. Yeah, well, let's, it's not it's not quite 100% there. Yeah, the video will be coming soon. Keep a lookout. But I've been making, I've been buying all these like old 78s and like 45s and like weird like junk records at thrift stores and just starting songs by like sampling weird little parts and then building a song around it. But I've become I obsessed with... Um, if you do any thrift store mining in Georgia, you you will probably come across these very regional Christian country oh, yes. records. Yes. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Where I it's like you. they all look yeah. the same. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a family band. All the men are wearing matching white suits uh-huh. and the women all have these big hairdos and they're posing in front of some sort of picturesque, you know, Sylvan scene. Yeah. And yeah, they all have names like the Christian Echoes or something. And I've yeah. been loving getting and, those. and they happen to be by a creek bank uh, under an oak tree. That's exactly right. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is like they're all from like Smyrna or some kind of more rurally part of Georgia, but near Atlanta, near enough that we've ended up with these because they probably only made like a hundred of them. Sure. You know what I mean? I mean, I love it. It's such a neat little treasure hunt. It is. I love that little niche. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Noel, I saw you yesterday uh, IRL again at yep. the office. Yep. yep. Uh, you wandered by and Noel, yep. I have to let everyone know. Yeah. Once again, soft shorts. Uh, yeah, that's, I was wearing soft shorts yesterday, but I got to tell you, I've pivoted. I've, what's, you, you can wear soft shorts in public. There's nothing against that. Well, I just heard you touting the hard pant and I have still yet to see a hard pant. Well, you know, Chuck, here's the thing. I, I forget that other people sometimes wander through that office. Uh-huh. And so I thought I was safe from the, the prying eyes of looky-loos such as yourself. I'm there every Tuesday, my friend. Okay, and I also to need to tell everybody about mm-hmm. uh, the, uh, well, I'm going to solve the mystery of the beheaded parrots. No, it was me. It was you. Yes. It was you. Yes. But I asked you about it, and you seemed indignant. <laughs> I know. I was playing it off pretty good, huh? Oh, my. You literally said, well, I wouldn't know anything about that, Noel. <laughs> well, uh, why don't you tell everyone what happened? Yeah. Holy shit. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I should have played it out longer, maybe, to let the mystery simmer. But Oh, this is gold. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, I went to the office over the weekend with my daughter. Uh, there's another funny story wrapped up in this, too. But I go to my desk. I'm looking for something, and there we have these little squishy ball parrot things, and you know what I'm talking about, stress relievers, but they look like little parrots, Uh and on my desk, lined up like serial killer style, there's like six of them, and their little parrot faces have been like cleanly snipped off with clearly like a scissor of some sort, and they're placed in front of them, lined up, uh, you know, in a row. (laughs) It's like a scene out of like seven or something, like, but with uh, cartoon squishy parrots. So you want to know how that happened, Noel? How did that happen? I was pacing the office on my, uh, on a phone call. Yeah. And I picked up one of those squishy things and I was squishing it and I, and I flicked his little head off by accident. And I was like, well, that came off very easily. And then I put it on your desk and I put the little head in front of it, the beheaded head. Yeah. And then I thought, man, these things are everywhere and nobody gives a shit about them because <laughs> they're still in the office. And so I'm just going to do a little uh, art installation slash mm-hmm. Godfather message. And uh, I beheaded what, like six or seven of them? Yeah, I don't think you. Maybe you don't follow me on Instagram, or you didn't see oh, did, my story. I didn't see it. I do follow yeah. you. Did you put it? I in did there? a whole story about it, and I, I said something like, 
came to the office for the first time in a while and arrived on this murder scene <laughs> on my desk. And then I took oh, it and I said, great. like, what kind of monster would do this? <laughs> the monster I feel I. threatened. Oh, boy. I can't believe I missed that. I'm not sure how yeah. I did miss that, Noel, because I yeah. do follow you. Yeah, it was on the stories. Uh, right, wow. Well, oh, my God. I actually thought it might have been Nathan, who's our uh, social media guy. He's a bit of a prankster. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he hadn't been in the office at all in, like, months, and yeah. he didn't know anything about it. But he loved it. He was a fan of your work. Yes. So. Twas I. Twas I. Wow. Okay. Wow. Was really, really, really quickly, this is movie-related. In, in the same trip, I was digging around in my desk after being, you know, terrified by that whole scene. I found this package under my desk that hadn't been opened. And, you know, we get a lot of mail at the office and I don't know how I missed it, but it was from like 2017 and it was from my ex-girlfriend, a a, a woman who I dated uh, from like fifth grade until I was like 19, 20 years old. Oh, wow. Like it was my first love kind of. And it was this package from her unopened like yellowed the box kind of and i'm like holy shit how did i miss this and so i open it up and it's like 10 really pristine beautiful awesome high quality dvds some of my favorites in my collection over the years that i just she, she had ended up with mm-hmm. and she sent back to me oh, that's uh, nice. one of them was a criterion memento the really cool one that looks like a like a notebook like yeah, a yeah. notebook um, the first two seasons, or there only two were two, of the British Office. Oh, okay. Uh, the Anton Corbin director's series music video uh, sure. uh, DVD. Yeah. And uh, my personal favorite, because I don't think you can even get it anymore, Wonder Chosen season oh, one. wow. Uh, That's a nice little pers- treasure trove. It was so cool. And like a little Christmas card from her, like uh, talking about her family. She's got kids now and stuff. But That's I immediately nice. hit her up on Facebook, and I was like, I'm so sorry. I, I don't know how I missed this. And it was so thoughtful and... Uh, I like uh, most of my other DVDs I've either gotten rid of or sold. And these are like pre- posh, pristine condition, not a scratch on them, all the inserts and everything fully there. Love it. What Pretty a great cool. end of the story. And now you're having a secret affair. Yes. Also true. <laughs> all right, Noel. So what we're doing today is we are, um, we are not doing any little mini segments because we have a very special guest coming in to play oh boy. pop quiz, hot shot. Uh, And also to talk about a little thing this person has been working on uh, in way of uh, promotion. And then we're going to finish up with a little stream this with this human. And I think that uh, that will probably take up our whole episode. So I didn't bother with uh, any other segments. I really hope it's Dennis Hopper. It's not Dennis Hopper. That would be great because he was he's quite dead. Oh, that's uh, right. R.I.P. That would be weird. Yeah, that'd be very weird. Mm -hmm. So uh, we are going to admit now into the room, Noel. Mm-hmm. Uh, our very special guest that you don't even know, ladies and gentlemen, John Hodgman. Hello, oh, my goodness. <laughs> Hello, the Hodgster. Hi, Noel. How are you? Hi, Chuck. What are you doing, dude? Just joining my my beard, my favorite beard club <laughs> on a Zoom. Yeah, man, we're all uh, gray and black bearded That's guys. Right. I'm in a great I'm in great mood, Chuck. Let me tell you why. Mm-hmm. There's a lot There's a lot going on. It's a hard time. Challenging yeah. moment for uh, and, and it's a challenging moment in our in our uh, democracy, our, our representative democracy. You said it. We're dealing with a, a continuing moment of, of reckoning with a, our national moral conscience. Yes, and we're all being we're all really having our uh, natural and chemical uh, mood stabilizer stockpiles tested by these times. <laughs> yeah. But I, uh, I'm telling you, I just hit the pangram on the spelling bee on the New York Times crossword website, so I'm very happy. 
Oh, wow. Things are looking up. Is this live? Is this going out live? <laughs> well, not live. I mean, you know how podcasts work. You record them, but we're live with each other. No, I understand. Have you done the spelling bee yet today? N- no. John, is that is that some sort of like trophy you get for being really good at the New York Times crossword? No, website? it's a separate not- it's a separate game oh, within the New York Times crossword. I see. Constellation of Got it. nerd distractions. Yeah, extended universe. <laughs> yeah, crossword universe. And it's spread. It's spreading. It's spreading like an infection. A little bad. Bad choice of words. <laughs> People are. I think it was the perfect choice of words. It's uh, look. This is this is the disease you want to catch. Spelling bee. Get that. Stay I'm- home. Stay safe. <laughs> do word games. Spell more. Spell better. Spell- Emily would be good at that. She's a great speller and was a, uh, in her school, a champion spelling bee um, person. But I, I don't think she went on to like county or anything like that. But I'm a notoriously poor speller and I'm always having to ask her. And she always nails it. What about you, Noel? Are you a good speller? I uh, I once got to the semifinals in a, a, a spelling bee of indeterminate grade origin. I have a very distinct memory of making it onto the stage and then whiffing on a particular word, uh, which I don't remember. But I'm fine. Yeah. I would not say I am superior. Look, I'm, I'm middling at best. I'm not, I'm not getting... I, well, I do get paid by the New York Times because I write the Judge John Hodgman column once a week in the New York Times magazine. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, yeah. But I don't get a bump for, for, uh, for talking up the spelling bee on a podcast. It's just this is something that my wife Catherine got me into, and it's just being passed by hand to hand to word nerds everywhere as a way to not to take a break from the news. In the full knowledge, so Catherine's that, an English teacher, right? So, yes, that's correct. Any right other personal alley. details you want to reveal about my life, Chuck? Sure. <laughs> She's a lovely human. That's true. That's no, nothing private about that information. She's good at Scrabble. <laughs> right. So this is a Scrabbly type game, and I just I I'm just going to put it out there so people can. Listen to this. If you haven't done Wednesday's Spelling Bee, this will be all new to you. The deal is you have, you get one, two, it's not, you don't have, you're not tested on how to spell words. You get one, two, three, four, five, six, seven letters. And you try to make as, excuse me, one, two, three, four, yeah, seven letters. You try to make as many words out of those letters as possible. It's boggle. Yeah. But you have to use, there's one letter you have to use in every word. Oh, okay. okay. And that's the center of this little, you'll, you'll see oh, when you go I, yeah. there. I've, it, I've seen those. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It looks like, it looks like a little honeycomb mm-hmm. and the middle and the middle cell is the letter you have to use has to count to all the others. So and the pangram is when you use all seven letters. And you nailed that. I just, just as you had admitted me into the zoom room. <laughs> so I want you to take a pen and paper, you guys. Okay. And write down these letters. Oh my gosh. Well, hold on. I've got, I've got, my, I've got, a, I've got a thing. I've got a pen and paper special for this. Occasion. Noel's very excited because he just started writing with uh, terrestrial instruments. I just learned to write. <laughs> I just learned to write. Hang on one second. You can type. I've never it. seen somebody so right. excited. I'm I, typing it. All right. I really. He's literally leaving the room. Everyone uh, to no. go get a. I really threw this podcast <laughs> off the rails. It's not even... uh, all right. Well, you, I'll tell everyone uh, why you're here. You're here to play, uh, for a couple of reasons, you're here to play a new edition of Pop Quiz Hot Shot, which Yay. will be fun. Um, but before we do that, and after we do the next thing with this pangram, right. uh, we're going to talk about your your TV show, Dick Town. Yes. Which, uh, well, am, here's Noel. Let's just hold right. on that. All right. Just write these letters down. And if you're, and if you're listening... At, yeah, play at home. Right. If you're listening at home... 
if you're driving and listening to this right now, take your hands off the wheel, grab a pen and paper, accelerate, and write these letters down. <laughs> that is bad advice. No, don't bad do advice. that. Do not do that. Do not do that. All right. What, what do we got here? Seven letters. D. Yes. I. Yes. E. Uh-huh. C-H-U-C-K-D-I-E. Die, Chuck, die. Happy Halloween. <laughs> Is that no. all a bit? No, 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 no. Oh, my D- God. I- <laughs> D- it's in keeping with the bit we just discussed before you joined, John. Chuck did sort of a uh, a very macabre murder scene kind of threatening thing on my desk at the office where he beheaded a bunch of stress balls shaped like parrots ah! and lined them up uh, in mm. like seven style. Uh, so very. you got yours now, Chuck. It's getting spooky. You got yours. It's getting spooky in the studio. All, All right. right. Do, are we really doing this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just write okay. these down. D I E, right? Yep. M O L C. And those are the set. Those are your seven letters. Yep. And C is the letter that has to be used when you're making and, words. And then what are we supposed to sit around and play this in silence for 10 minutes? Yeah, this is perfect. <laughs> I thought this was a fun game for you. This is good podcasting. Uh, I'm not anyway, going to work I'll, on this. At the now. end of it. <laughs> At the end of the at the end of the episode, or whenever I am ushered off this stage, uh-huh. or get the hook, I'll tell you. Well, like molded? Could you do molded? Yeah, you know what? I didn't get that one. No, real good job. No, you couldn't because okay. it doesn't have C in it. Has oh, it has, has to have C. C. I'm C. so sorry. That's yeah. a, okay, that's what I missed. So, it so could colded. Be colded. That is that a thing though? No, but cooled is. No. You couldn't do molded cooled. anyway. You could just do mold. No, you can. You can use the letters that. More than once. Oh, you can. Yeah, that's the key to it. Oh, oh, okay, I got gotcha. you. Let's leave this alone, and I'll reveal. A, I'll reveal let's the pangram that I got. No, I'm obsessed. At the end, all right. I know. And so, know. what is what is the pangram when you do what now? When you use all seven letters in one word. I thought you had to use all. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. You just build the one. You build okay, as okay. many. I get you. Three letter words don't count. Four okay. letter words, you get one point. Five letter words. The longer the the word, the more points you get. So you can't do two or three letter words. Right. Okay. It, has to, it has to be four or more. And if you make a word that uses all seven letters at least once, that's called a pangram, and you get a bonus. Well, maybe when this episode comes out on the Facebook page, we will take submissions for listener answers. And, and No, just, because uh, I'm going to reveal it at the end of this episode. I'll spoil <laughs> well, it. At is the there end only of this one pangram? So far that I've found. Oh. Now, I've found 17 words so far. Wow. And I just had a, a good run of them. Okay. I can't find it anymore. But I have something like 93 points total. But to hit the genius level, which is your goal, like the goal, you have to hit 200 points. It's a very high point level. So there are a lot of words wow. in there that I have not gotten yet. So Amazing. All right. Anyway, that's so, a thing to do to distract yourself. What's another <laughs> thing to do to distract yourself? Listen to a podcast. Listen like to a one? podcast or watch a TV show. So, Noel, yeah. while you stepped away for a minute, I told everyone John was going to play pop quiz hotshot, but he's also here to promote uh, his television show that he does with David Reese called yeah. Dick town. Yes. And uh, if I may just set up the show, John, before we chat about it, please, uh, it is a wonderful animated show that is the premise is uh, John and David are two former enemies from high school. David was your bully. That's right. And you are now uh, grown up middle-aged men and, yep. and Dick's town, Richardsville, North Carolina, mm-hmm. and you solve crimes for 
you, you solve small mysteries for high school students, a yeah. la Encyclopedia Brown, yeah. as a team. And David's kind of your muscle, and you're kind of the brains, and you live on this fun houseboat, which I really want to live on in real life. I know, right? Wouldn't and it's a greatest? great, uh, really fun show, uh, sort of Archer-style animation, if I may say that. You should say that because it's it's created, or, you know, it's it, our, our producing partners, our animators, are Floyd County. Right, right, there well, in, right there in Atlanta, uh, Georgia, and they are the the creators of Archer. So, so tell us a little bit about it. Um, I watched it on Hulu, which you can just dial up by typing in Dicktown, but tell us where you can find it and how this was created and just give us a little backstory. Yeah, so uh, David Reese is our friend. Uh, he is the creator of the political clip art cartoon from the 2000s called Get Your War On. Yep. Um, that was ran in Rolling Stone was a, a huge catharsis every week uh, for those of us um, suffering under what we thought was going to be the worst presidency of all time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then uh, 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 David turned to the crafts. He became a professional artisanal pencil sharpener. Uh, and he wrote a book called How to Sharpen Pencils. And then Very he went on book. TV to host a show for two years called Going Deep with David Reese, which explored the same thing. It showed it showed you how to do the simple things you think you already know how to do, like sharpen a pencil or tie your shoes or freeze, a, you know, make some ice cubes. But by going into a very deep dive on the history of those things and the manufacture of those things, it's really fun. It's a very fun show. Yeah. But and David's David, just, uh, he also does a great show called uh, Election... Election uh, Profit Makers. Election is, Profit Makers, yeah. The, the, po- the, the election-themed podcast, which is very fun and cathartic, that he does with our friends Starley Kine and John Kimball. Look, David and like me is a uh, a person of many trades, mm-hmm. uh, a person who uh, has many enthusiasms and chases all of them, often to the confusion of people who would like to like him. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to say it. Yeah, like no, no one, no, like he's like me. He's a person whose brand is fucked. Like no one knows. <laughs> Like I have a podcast, Judge John Hodgman. I write books, Medallion Status Out Down Paperback. Uh, I do this column for the New York Times Magazine. Sometimes I act in stuff. Uh, I forget all the things that I do, and then, but the one thing I am that I do not forget is that David and I, having known each other for twenty years, and and have finally got together to create a project together, and that is Dick Town, this short form animated show that ran uh, on FXX's anthology show Cake. And now is archived all 10 episodes at Hulu. And what Chuck said was true. Uh, it, is a, it is a funny cartoon. Somewhat in the Archer style, somewhat in the Scooby-Doo style. Totally. Uh, in which I play a private detective who named John Hunchman, who used to be a boy detective a la Encyclopedia Brown. I and like in the flashback the, stuff. <laughs> yeah. In this town called R- Richardsville, North Carolina, which the locals call Dicktown. Richardsville, get it. Uh, uh, Mike Hunchman used to was famous for solving mysteries in town for his little friends and sometimes helping out the police. Uh, but now my character has grown up and failed to thrive. And I'm a sad middle aged man living on a shabby houseboat in College Town Lake. And I am still the only clients I can get are teenagers still. And it's really depressing. And meanwhile, David Reese. Uh, as you mentioned, plays my former arch nemesis slash bully in high school, who also has failed to leave town. He's now in his middle age, and he's still living with his parents. 
And uh, I have hired him to be my driver because I do not have a driver's license for reasons that get explained later on. And the episode's a little bit of a mystery. And um, and he's the only person I still know in town. And he becomes my driver and my hired muscle and my unlikely friend. As we solve mysteries for all these Dicktown teens, some of whom were played by teens at the North Carolina High School for the Arts. Oh, cool. uh, others were voiced by uh, people we know, like Gene Gray, Zach Galifianakis, Kristen yeah. Shaw, Griffin Newman from The Tick, John Glazer. Not all these people played teenagers. They also played other adults in Dicktown. My none da- were played by me. None were played by you. But if this podcast has mm-hmm. the sway you say it does, yeah, quid pro quo, and people go because. <laughs> The, the, because because right now we're we're on the we're on the tipping point of whether or not we get picked up for another season. Right. So and what and what they're it's a weird thing they're doing is they're trying to see if people are watching this thing. So yeah. uh, that's going to be the decision making process. Are enough people watching it? So because yeah. it because it aired as part of, and we're very happy that it aired as part of this great anthology series cake. But that's over. Now it's sitting there on Hulu. And we're really, you know, it, it did. And because of everything that's going on in the world, not a lot of people had a lot of brain space for an 11 minute, uh, a, a funny, distracting cartoon. Now well, I we, feel like we need it more than ever. So I'm going to say this yeah. bit.ly, B I T dot L Y slash Dicktown, D I C K T O W N, will take you right to the Hulu page and, and you can you can check it out. Yeah, I think it's. Um I think it is perfect for right now. And I'm not just saying that because you're my friend and David's my friend. Thank you. It is. Uh, Wait, David, I, David I, is also your friend. Yeah. I thought I was your friend. All right. Well, you're both my friend. Well, you can have more than one. <laughs> yeah, who's your best friend? Chuck? That's, that's what's important. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I completely understand. My best friend is my wife. Um, oh, oh I know, heart I just melted. So uh, it is, it is a great show for right now because it is, uh, about 10 minutes long per episode. Yes. So you can blaze through the season and the time that you can watch a medium length movie. Yes. And uh, I just love, I'm a big fan of that format of the, like the, uh, I, I love children's hospital for that reason. Mm-hmm. Like the 10 to 15 minute show is, yeah. it really moves. It's tight. It's uh, I was, I was really impressed that you got the pilot work done uh, inside of a 10 minute episode. And in fact, you got the pilot work done inside the first like 90 seconds. I feel like <laughs> it was very efficient. And for those of you listening, don't know what I mean. The pilot work is, it's just very tough to write a pilot because you have to set up the whole world so that everyone knows what's going on, but you still have to make an entertaining show with a story arc and still wedge in that information in an organic way. And you guys really, it was, it was great. I mean, it was bing, bang, boom, done onto your first case. Well, I the, loved o- it. the opening scene of the pilot was something that I had been thinking of personally for a long time. I'm sure. Because I had been, at the time we started thinking about this idea, uh, I, I, David really wanted to do something about two private detectives and a houseboat because he's a big Simon and Simon person. I think uh-huh. they were houseboat. <laughs> there are a lot of houseboat detectives. I mean, definitely. Yeah, sure. You know, Crockett. Sonny Crockett lived on a houseboat in Miami Vice. Yeah. Famous uh, literary detective Travis McGee did. I was really into Encyclopedia Brown at this time because I was reading it with reading those books with my son. Great. And if, and if you're of a certain generation, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you're not, 
you might not know Encyclopedia Brown was like sort of the archetypal boy detective in these chapter books written by Donald J. Sobel. Was and, that a 90s thing? Or oh, like it went 80s. back to the, yeah. the seven. Uh, the first ones came out in the late 60s. Okay. Yeah. Then they rebooted it and rebooted it. And he wrote, he wrote dozens and dozens of them. Little short books, each containing about seven or eight little mysteries. And usually it was Encyclopedia Brown working for a, a local kid uh, to get something back from Bugs Meany, the local bully. Yeah. Uh, who had stolen it, like some collectible sword or something, or like a, a jar of nickels or whatever. Yeah, it was you know, great. It was, uh, I right. loved it so much. And and at, at at the end of every little mystery, Bugs Me would say, you, you got nothing on me, uh, encyclopedia. Make like a tree and go away, to quote Biff Tannen. Uh, but encyclopedia would go like, oh, no, not so fast, Bugs. I have solved the mystery. And then it says at the bottom, if you would like to know the solution, turn to page yeah. 65 <laughs> and you turn to page 65 to get the solution. It explains like what, like how Encyclopedia Brown knew that where bowling balls were manufactured and therefore bugs couldn't have gotten that 10 pin set or whatever. Like a whole thing about like the, the baby couldn't have been sitting on the roof of the car because it would have been still hot from running or whatever. See, uh, unfortunately, though, in real life, bullies don't really respond right. to logic. <laughs> he would have just gotten a beat down every right. single time. That's exactly what I was thinking when I'd be reading this to my son. Because every every one of those solutions would be like, when confronted with the when confronted with the evidence of his guilt, Bugs confessed and gave the jar of... <laughs> The right. jar of teeth back or whatever. <laughs> oh like, my god, Encyclopedia, like, no. you're so right. It was a simpler I, time. I would, I would always change the ending. It's like, and when confronted with the evidence of his guilt, Bugs Meany punched Encyclopedia <laughs> Brown in the nose. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the entire, Just, the first, the opening go. scene of the pilot is that happening. Like the the, the final uh, cathartic release of that idea, because you know. John Hunchman is a grown-up now. He's he's living in a world that he doesn't recognize. He's been hired by a teenager to st- steal a mysterious attaché case back because that's always a, a trope. And that mysterious attaché ba- case back from this sleazy used hot tub dealer named Zeb and Zeb's Tub Yard, mm-hmm. and it opens with him explaining to Zeb, "Well, look, I sh- I give me the attaché case. I I showed you." I, I, you know, I told you all the evidence that starlings aren't native to the United States, and the sun came up at six oh three this morning. And Zeb goes, "No thanks, yeah, <laughs> nah." <laughs> and he doesn't, he doesn't push, he doesn't push Hunchman down because that's when David Purefoy comes in and pushes him into a hot tub, and that, and it's really disappointing for Hunchman that the logic did not save the day once again. Yeah, it. I mean, it's just so much fun, man. I really enjoy it. Um, Thank you, you. You and David, like, you can tell you're having a lot of fun. Yes. Uh, it sounds like that you are uh, in a room together and improvising and, yep. and kind of cut, cutting up a little bit, which really adds to the um, the life of the show, I think. Yep. And, you and know, it's just a lot of fun. Matt Thompson, our producer at Floyd County, was like, you have to get in the room together. Yeah. You know, most most animated shows, you're, you know, you voice them on your own, you know. Uh-huh. And, you know, when I, when I do voices for DuckTales, for example... Not only am I in a room by myself, but the people who are giving me vocal direction are across the country. Yeah. So, you know, we, one of the great things about Dicktown was most of the people we hired were local and available to come into New York. And David and I, this is a time when we could be in rooms together. David and I could, you know, record together in the same room and really riff off each other. But also we could be there with the, with the actors across the way to play with them in the room as well. Yeah. Across across the glass, you know. 
So. You guys are you uh, you're genuinely cracking each other up at times. You can tell, and uh, that that just adds a lot to it. David's really great. Um, yeah, he really uh, he. Uh, I, I don't think he's when you know him in real life. He's such a sort of reserved guy and uh the way he carries himself and the way he carries a conversation but to hear him go big uh was a lot of fun I think. yeah well i mean and <laughs> not that that's one of the pleasures also of election profit makers because when david gets worked uh, david can be really low-key and yeah and, you know very very you know cool for school yeah but when he gets worked <laughs> up he gets so loud and it's so funny and he it was is. a high school bully like oh he, no yeah really? no he was he was he kind of pushed his friends around and he feels really bad about it. Uh-huh. Uh and he's spent a lot of time trying to make amends, but in this case I'm like you got to lean into that. That's yeah. your that's your brand on this show. That's lean into the brand that's in the show. And you know, I brought in all this Encyclopedia Brown baggage. Mm-hmm. But David really wanted the show uh, to be set in a very specific place, which is North Carolina. He's from Chapel Hill. Yeah. So a lot of the characters and the customs and the storefronts are based on people he knew or, or mm-hmm. and or knows in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. And it gives it gives the show a very very specific feel. And you know, uh the my character's dad, Mr. Hunchman, uh he, he's played by the great Stephen Tobolowsky from yeah. you know, Groundhog Day and the Tobolowsky uh-huh. Files. Needlehead Ned um, and he's so good at it, but the, the, the vocal patterns are based on the, the, the dad of David's best friend from Chapel Hill. Uh, uh, oh, really? Yeah. Mr. Kimball, John oh, Kimball's dad, funny. who's a banker and <laughs> just kind of tells, you know, son, yesterday I bought a new washcloth and I used a visa card to purchase it. Uh-huh. And it was, it was really a very smooth transaction. And the lady at the store was so nice. And it's just. Steve Tobolowski like kills it as my dad. It's so sweet and funny. Yeah, man, it's really good. Um, 10 minute episodes. You can blaze through a season. You can find it on Hulu, uh, bit.ly slash Dick town. We want John and David to be able to make more of these. Um, I want to do voice. I do voices, John. So yeah. I'm, you know, yeah. If we get if, that out there, if, if, if the, if this podcast, as I expect it will single handedly mm-hmm. saves Dick town, you're going to have a very big role. And okay. Yeah. I, I got I got to say I was googling Dicktown and it, and a Wikipedia entry came up for Dicktown, New York, which is apparently a ghost town in Putnam County <laughs> in New York, and according to Wikipedia, it was named as such because a large share of the early settlers were named Richard. Wow. Just How did I miss that, that one? <laughs> yeah. Why is and there... really really quickly, John, yeah. do you know the etymology of why detectives are referred to as dicks? Yeah, well, that was that's another reason that we called it Dicktown. We mainly called it Dicktown because there's a song by They Might Be Giants that I wanted to use as the theme song, but we didn't have time. We didn't have we didn't have the 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 length of episode to even have a theme song. Yeah, but you can't keep Johnny down. There's a reference to all the dicks in this Dicktown. Can't keep Johnny down. Uh, but so then I retrofit like we retrofitted Dicktown as a name to. Richardsville, and also to the fact that it's a show about detectives, so, you know, private dicks. Uh, I think that just goes back to a time when dick was a, a, a less offensive term, when dick was not thoroughly associated with male genitalia. <laughs> but instead, instead, it could be a shortened form of detective. I guess yeah. it kind of plays that way. I think that's what it is. Right? Or, or it could be a person's name, like Dick Cavett. 
Right. Um, I'd like to bring Dick back. You know what I mean? Bring that Dick back. Oh, according <laughs> to uh, the uh, internet, it says that the term Dick meant to watch, like to Dick. Oh, interesting. So the Dick came in turn from the uh, Romany language of the gypsies, the like word pr- Dick, D-I-K, which meant to look, to see. Oh. So a Dick is a watcher or a, a looker. You had the internet this whole time. Well, I just well, I, 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 I never put, really thought to look it up. Oh, I just is this part to, of the yeah. quiz? Is this part of the quiz that makes me look <laughs> oh, dumb? Oh, no. That's coming. All right. I can't All wait right. to check out Dicktown, though. This sounds like yeah, everyone, I everyone, some good uh, weird animation in my life. Everyone look at or Dick Dicktown, please. <laughs> I'm also a big fan of the expression dicking around or sure. dick around with or just yeah. dick with. Um, uh, so you know, I'm on board fully. Dicker, dickering is mm-hmm. a, a, a northeastern phrase for bargaining or haggling. Mm-hmm. Hickory dickory duck. And there is a there's a show I think on the History Channel. There was a show called Down East Dickering. You told me about this, Chuck. You told me about Down East Dickering, didn't you? No. These guys in Central Maine. No. Oh no, I told you about the main cabin masters. Oh, main cabin masters was the one you. T- I have to check. I still have to check them out. Down yeah. East Dickering is this crew of of guys in Central Maine who make their living uh, going through the want ads, the the, the local want ad uh, thing called Un- Uncle Henry's Advertiser, and finding odd jobs that they they do for money, but then they'll barter things to buy stuff of, of other people and then barter that to get other, oh, sure. like they're, they're dickerers basically. Yeah. Trading up. Yeah. They're trading up. And, um, as, as a sometime resident of the state of Maine and a, fa- and a fan of that state, I decided to watch it. I'm like, why was there only one season? Why didn't they make 35 seasons of this? Like American pickers or whatever. And I'm like, oh, within one, within 15 minutes, I'm like, oh, because these guys are terrible. <laughs> these guys are, <laughs> these guys, there's one, there's one of them you kind of like, and the rest of them you kind of like worry about. <laughs> they're so, they're so authentically central Maine, just like live by the skin of your tooth type people. Right. They're just like, it's like when they tried to make uh, professional poker players into star athletes, like they're, they're weird looking marginal people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Somewhat like, degenerate and, sunk, and shifty. Yeah, sunken yeah. cheeks and rat tails. Like, no, I don't want to, this guy's not going to go on a poster <laughs> in my son's room. All right. Like uh, Chris Elliott on Schitt's Creek. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins, and this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. 
At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, been juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Uh, All right, John, you ready to play the game? I'm ready to play the game. All right, so this is a game called Pop Quiz Hot Shot. It's become the new movie crush sensation. Uh, It is a game that is played on a timer, which makes it a little challenging. Mm -hmm. And uh, the whole goal here is just to have a little fun. It's hard to find a timer these days, I know. (laughs) And so I keep the time. Yes. And here's how it works. Nola's going to keep score. That's usually a challenge in and yes. of itself. Yeah. Oh, not anymore, Chuck. <laughs> not anymore. I received this stenographer's spiral notebook in the Amazing. mail uh-huh. from movie crush fan Christy, who I've become pals with, and it actually has a handy split column design. Look at that. Where she helped me positive, negative. This is for a different <laughs> game, uh, more for a, a holes kind of scenario, but it's still it still applies here. I love a stenographer's um, notebook. That's my notebook. Yeah, it's of got choice. a little chain that you can attach a, a, a small pen to. Um, oh, I've never seen I, that before. I think I that Christy have, modded that out specifically did, for you. But it's yeah. really lovely, and uh, she, she knows really you're going to lose a pen. Here, when I went earlier and grabbed a pen, I accidentally grabbed a a non functioning pen. It's a stylus for like a you know, tablet. Sure. So yeah. I got to go get a real pen real quick. You, you you explain the rules and I'll be back in a jiffy. Okay. <laughs> so it's kind of a running gag that Noel has a very hard time keeping score of even the simplest of games. Yeah, I I can see why. And I think it's as evidence, the fact that the, the one thing it seems like that was keeping him from keeping score correctly was a line drawn down the center of a page. <laughs> That's right. You know, I'm a, I love a steno notebook. They're great. Yeah. So uh, here's how it works, dude, is we have 10 questions. Yes. Where you have to name three movies uh, for each. 
uh, for a possible 30 points. So one point, you get partial points. So if you name two out of three, you get two points in each round. Can you give me an example of how this so works? So it'll be so. like, name in 10 seconds, name three movies with the word night in the title. Uh, okay. And if, if that were the case, uh, w- could you use uh, homonyms? Give me an example. Well, could I say Dark Knight Rises, Dark Knight, and Nightbreed? Yes. Okay, because Nightbreed... You would get get all three points for that. Nightbreed is the Clive Barker movie. That's Uh night as in bedtime night, whereas Dark Knight is... Yeah, we're very lenient uh, because we like our friends to to do well and to feel good about themselves. I just want to follow the rules. Yeah, yeah, you're fine. So, Noel, are you ready? More than I've probably ever been for anything ever in my life. (laughs) And we're also lenient with, you know, if you're saying one as the timer's going off, we like to give it to you. And uh, like I said, we're we're a friendly crowd here. I I shall do my best. So, John. Yes. This is, this is, uh, there's no theme to this one. Okay. Uh, These are just rando questions about movies. In 10 seconds, name three Music biopic main characters. You don't have to name the movie, just the main characters. Music biopic main characters. Go. Johnny Cash, Elton John, um, Freddie Mercury. Okay. Started you off easy. Three well, points, Noel. That, that was hard Got for it. me, actually. <laughs> the movies are Walk the Line, Rocket Man, and yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay. And can I just say... Rocket Man is a really good movie. I've heard. It's it really is. good. Really I enjoyed it. And Taron Egerton is amazing as Elton John. Yeah. It is not, it's a, it's an incredible, essentially it's a jukebox musical of Elton John songs. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a, the, it's, it's not just reproducing concerts or whatever. It's like interpreting yeah. the songs in ways that are really awesome. It's great. It's great. And I'm a huge Elton John fan. So yeah. it's right up my alley. Me too. All right, John. You did great. All right, Chuck. They're going to get progressively more difficult. Okay. Name. You should do good at this next one. In 10 seconds, John. Name three film noir movies. The Maltese Falcon, Double Indemnity. I don't know if Key Largo would count. Um... uh, I don't think Key Largo counts. It, I think it counts. So it's film one. noir? Okay. Well, is here, it, let's see. I want this to be accurate. I think you got three out of three, but... I'm just looking, let's see. What, what, that's the, I don't no, know, dude. From the art, it sure looks like noir to me. Key Largo is a 1948 American film noir crime yes. drama. Oh, okay. Big time three out of three. All right. Wikipedia says it's You can it, tell it's from the poster alone. I mean, it's it's got the vibe. I couldn't yeah. remember the plot. I thought maybe it was just Bogart and Bacall go to the beach. I know it was one of their, it was one of their beach, their beach blanket uh, musicals. Yeah. And, and they just dick at the ocean. That's right. They just dick that ocean. They dick at the ocean. They dick at all. at the ocean. They dick at the ocean. They dick at all of the memorable sites of the Florida Keys. They dick at uh, Ernest Hemingway's house. Yeah. They dick at each other. They dick, they dick at each other. They can't stop dicking at each other. Okay. Jeffrey, Jeffrey you're doing great so far, John. All right. In 10 seconds. Name three movies starring or even featuring actor Tim Robbins. Um, this is a weird one, but War of the Worlds. 
um, uh, uh, Bull Durham, and um, uh, all right, two out of three. The, what was the the one where he was a phony folk singer politician? Bob Roberts. Bob Roberts. I was just going to was Bob was all I could remember. Surprised you didn't leap right for the Hudsucker proxy. Yeah, John. me that too. One feels a very John. That's on one of my favorite movies. I yeah. don't know. I don't know why I had that. I'm, I'm having more and more lapses. Let's put it that. You way. know what I rewatched <laughs> recently that I just think is the best is the player. Uh, the player yes, that was the one it's, that kind of the followed up on Bull Durham and launched so Tim good. Robbins into a different place. So yes, and of course we miss uh, perhaps his most popular movie of all time. Uh, the Shawshank Redemption. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. The Shawshank Redemption. That's a very famous one. <laughs> a very famous movie. Starring that, Tim Robbins. Very you probably f- already know this, John, but I, I found out recently this in a, in a pitch meeting that almost every single piece of Stephen King intellectual property is optioned at all times. I can't I, think of the one that isn't. Well, I just mean even ones you haven't heard of or don't know about. They're in turnaround or they're yeah. filed away somewhere. And to find a piece of Stephen King IP that isn't is like a needle in a haystack or like, you know, some sort of treasure of the Sierra Madre or whatever. Can I and like, yeah. yeah go ahead. Can I say something? Mm-hmm. So I'm a big Stephen King fan. I'm particularly a fan of the novel Cujo. I've never seen the movie and I never will. The novel is one of the best. It's just str- straight up piece of literary fiction it's great agreed uh anyway i was talking about this back when i was promoting a, a book that has called vacation land that has a lot of maine in it and um some someone is friends with one of his sons not joe hill showed him this article and he sent me a, co- a paperback copy of cujo with a really nice thank you note written in it oh and uh sweet. i'm gonna option that thank you note turn it into a movie there you go. There you go. You got to be creative. You yeah. Know? That's, no one's got it. No one's, I'm, I'm the only one who has it. You go to get the rights and you're like, ah, oh, DreamWorks has it. Oh, no. All right. That was the only one you've whiffed on so far, John. You Thank you, John Hodgman, a Stephen King movie. Yes. It's like, what? Why? How did that? You didn't get my permission to use my name. It's like, sorry, DreamWorks, we, DreamWorks says we got it. Yeah. I think the best part of that movie is when Stephen King hobbles you. Thank you, John Hodgman. The story of a thank you note written to a fan starring Mike Birbiglia as John Hodgman. What? Why? Oh. All right, John. Yeah. Question four. You're letting Stephen King play himself? He's not that great an actor. I mean, he was actually pretty funny in it, chapter two. But uh, Birbiggs? All right. I, I liked Burbiggs. him in Creep Show, where he plays the... The redneck guy with all the plants growing right. on his body. That one's fun. Yeah. Can I write the screenplay? No, John Mulaney's doing that. What? Oh, <laughs> well, he's good, though. Of course, John Mulaney's good. Mike Birbiglia is good. Okay. Number four. In 10 seconds, John. Name three movies starring or featuring Susan Sarandon. Bull Durham, The Witches of Eastwick, and the the the... Ex-Wives Club? Is she in that one? No, she isn't. Goldie Hawn. Yeah, it's I believe two. it's called First Wives Club. First Wives Club. Yeah, right. I didn't even get the name of the movie right. All right. Two out only, of three. Only, stared, only stared at that poster going up and down the stairs five times a day <laughs> at Writer's House Literary Agency for seven years. First Wives Club, based on a Writer's House client's book. First Wives Club. Bette Midler. Goldie Hawn and someone else. Diane Keaton, I think. Yeah, probably That's that. That's right. 
we also would have sl- uh, accepted The Hunger. Right, of course you would. That's we also would cut. have accepted uh, Dead Man Walking. That's a good one. Oh, yeah. Isn't David Bowie in The Hunger? Yeah. And isn't it quite bad? I've heard it's quite bad. Well, it's it's a great piece of... Uh, Early 19, 80s. Yeah, 1980s sort of schlocky erotic horror. Erotic vamp kind of. A lot of, of yeah, that was heavy duty, like... Um, What's the what's the word? I'm like Venetian blind shadows movies. Okay, got it. <laughs> well, it's to- early Tony Scott too, which yeah. is oh, know, was that Tony Scott? Right. Yeah, I believe that that is based on a novel by Whitley Strieber. Whoa, who also wrote the novel that became the movie Wolfen, and oh, yeah. and since since then is primarily known as a um, alien abductee. Mm. A, 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 he wrote a book called Communion about his recovered memories of being abducted by aliens since he was a kid. And that's how he's known now. Interesting career pivot. What's that, Chet? Right, John. What's that, Chet? Nothing. <laughs> that was Commun- for you only. Communion is a great book. Communion is a great book and a very strange movie starring Christopher Walken. Yeah, Chris Walken. That's right. Yeah. I Give me Francis Sternhagen. I can throw Communion in there. I can throw in. Uh, I forgot the other movie that she was. Oh, Out- All right. Outland. Francis Sternhagen. Oh, one more. really? That was great. I just saw her in something. I couldn't believe she's still stir- Sternhagen it up. I'll look it up later. All right. Question five, John. Yeah. In 10 seconds. Name three movies that feature alien spacecraft. Uh, uh, Star, Star Trek, the motion picture, Star Trek to the Wrath of Khan, Star Trek three, the search for Spock. See, that was a smart. That was yep. smart. You got that a game well, system. Well played. Well played. Yeah. See, that's that's the way you do this game. If you can find an angle, you got to exploit play the, it. Play the angle. I'm always looking for the angle. I'm always dicking the angles. <laughs> always dicking for the angles. <laughs> got to dick for those angles. The thing is, uh, you know, a guy like you, John, a guy like our dear friend Casey Pegram, you want to dis- display your movie trivia prowess, so you, you dig deep. No, but that's not the best way to go in this game sometimes. That's right. All right, question six. <clears throat> Mr. Hodgman, in 10 seconds. Name three black and white movies. Can I use ones that I've already used? The Man Who yes. Wasn't There, uh, The Maltese Falcon, and Key Largo. Boom. All right. You're back. Again, gaming the system. Back, he never left. No, it's true. He left twice. He All left two on the table. Strangers in Paradise and Down by Law. Stranger Than Paradise. Stranger Than Paradise. And Down I have by never Law. seen either of those. Great movies, Noel. I, mean, I just rewatched Down by Law for the first time, probably since I was 15 years old. And it's oh, great. Wow. Amazing. Yeah, man. On, so good. On my list. I miss uh, those old Jarmish movies. All right. In 10 seconds, John. Name three movies featuring non-Muppet puppets. Non-Muppet puppets. The Happy Town Murders. Um, well, now, wait a minute, 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 wait a minute. Oh, oh uh, do we have a challenge? <laughs> I mean, I would, like I said, the I Happy would, Town Murders, but I think that they're Henson. I think they're Henson creations. No, no, it was his son and it had nothing to do with Henson. And I think it got they got mad. In fact, they got in trouble. Was it Brian Henson? Yes, it was. 
But he's the CEO of Henson. I don't think they got mad. Well, no, maybe it wasn't him, but it was it was somebody connected it, it with was, Henson. That it was not sanctioned. It was not you know. It was so and they used that name my, in the trailer. My question it? is, and I think this is a re, this is a. I'm not gonna. I'll take my one point, and I'm not. I'm not gonna work the ref. It was Brian Henson, by the way. But if I said that, if I said the Dark Crystal, would that count or no? That would count because the, I don't consider so you're not the talking Dark about, Crystal Muppets. Right. You're not talking about Muppets, what you consider Muppets. We're not talking about what you consider Muppets. You're talking about the Muppet characters famous from the Muppet show. Right. Not characters uh, from the Jim Henson workshop. So I could have said the Dark Crystal. I could have said Labyrinth. Yes. That's true. Meet the Feebles. That's actually yes, a non That would have been a good one. That would have been a good whatever. one. Whatever. 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 I was robbed. Everyone knows. What do you say, show. Chuck? We give, give him a point. No, no, no. no. One yeah, point. No, he gets a point. All right. The well, one, one point, point for Happy Town okay. Murders. Okay. The one all I right. Heard. All right. Okay, John. Yeah. All, right. all right. Got it. Got it. <laughs> I, was, that was a tough I one. rephrase that in the future. Name three movies to, with puppets that do not star the Muppet characters. <laughs> what? Well, first of all, we're not going to use it in the future. What? You're going to retire that one? <laughs> hey, don't you dick at me. I see you dicking at me. You're going to see me. You see, are you dicking me rolling my eyes? <laughs> Yeah, I'm dicking you. Yeah, you dicking me, dicking at the ceiling? <laughs> All right. Dicking at the floor. Right. Number eight. Yeah. In 10 seconds. Don't get salty now. Are you salty? No, not at all. Okay. I'm concentrating. It, okay. In 10 seconds. You motherfucking. It's <laughs> just, it's a vocal warm up. Vocal yeah. warm up. <laughs> Son of a bitch, motherfucker, cocksucker. <laughs> messed up my hole. All right. All right. In 10 seconds, John. Name three, and this is subjective, but I'm going to be very lenient. Name three movies well known for their soundtrack. Raiders of the Lost Ark, Star Wars, Harry Potter, uh, The Sorcerer's Stone. Okay. I know nothing about Harry Potter. But I think I have well, to give all, it to you. They're all John Williams soundtracks. Okay. I, I'm going to give you all three of those. The minor quibble, I would say those movies are well known for their score. Oh. Uh, but that's, that's okay. Yeah. I was looking more for Rushmore, Magnolia, and... Batman. Boogie Batman. Batman. Because of Prince. Because that one Prince song, Bat Dance. Yeah. It's it's just known as like because it was a Prince album. I, mean, I think that's that's okay. even love it or hate it. It's definitely people remember the Batman sound. Now that I understand the question, I would I would say what I would have maybe come up with if I was smart okay. was Oh Brother Where Art Thou? Sure. Dazed and confused. Yeah. Um. That's another. Oh, and uh, the Big Chill. Yeah. Yeah, I got you now. So you, you can get three either way. <laughs> All right. No, you're I doing want three great. three the right way. You can three the right way. We're, we're going to count the score because those those were sold as soundtracks. You yeah. know, yeah. So what about something like The Lion King, where it's like a combination of like yeah. songs and also score pieces? Oh, I think any Disney animated film would, would be well known for their soundtrack yeah. okay, for the great. most part. The Jungle Book, for God's sake. Well, All right, John. I'm two the more. King of the swingers, yo, the Jungle VIP. Oh, I man. reached the top and had to stop, <laughs> and now you're going to get sued by Disney. <laughs> I, I, I love the Jungle Book. It's still my favorite song wise. Uh, all right, John, in 10 seconds. No you, comment on colonialism more. here. Yeah. <laughs> in 10 seconds. Name three movies directed by David Lynch. 
Dune, uh, uh, Eraserhead, and Blue Velvet. Great. Nailed Good it. job. Yeah. What's the one? Wild at Heart? That's the one I was... My brain. Yeah. My brain... Like I, it may be, Noel, that you're right, that my brain wants to go obscure because there's like... I have a, a animal reflex to... Impress. Get get weird pulls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think that's, that's the trick of this game is... And we've talked about it before. It's hard to clear your mind, but also try and think of every movie you've ever seen right. all at the same time. Yeah, exactly. But you're doing great. Thanks, friend. Better, I'm having fun. Better than Casey. <laughs> all right, finally, John, number oh, 10. Number 10. In 10 seconds. Name three movies starring former alumni of Saturday Night Live. Sure. Um, stripes. Caddyshack, um, Meatballs. Ah, see? You locked in on Bill Murray. Very yeah. smart way to go. Yeah. You're good at this game. Thank you. Because um, see, what I would try to... I would immediately be flooded with every Saturday Night Live alumni that's ever graced yes. the screen. Yes. And what you need to do is just hone in on one who did a bunch of movies. Yes. Can you... Now, I'm going to give you... I'm going to give you one, Chuck... I'm going to throw this back at you. (laughs) All right. Because I also have a timer. Uh, Oh, I know you do. In 10 seconds, name three Will Ferrell movies. Go. Uh, Downhill, uh, Anchorman, and Anchorman 2. All right. Downhill. What, do you owe Julie Louis-Dreyfus some money? (laughs) I didn't... Klaxon. I didn't (laughs) see that, but I did uh, see Force Majeure, and that was... uh, a movie on the show that we dissected, by the way. Have oh, you seen that? No, I haven't seen it. That's it's the, great. That's the movie that Downhill is based on. Yeah, man, you movie. would love it. It's yeah. right up your alley. It's really, really, really good. Is it a comedy, though? I thought it was more like a disaster kind of movie. No, it's a, it's a very, very dark social satire comedy. Got it. Uh, I think it's Swedish. Right. It's terrific. Right. And Downhill, you, you like it's it. literally like taking it beat for beat and making it like American? Or I think that's what yeah, they but did. That's, oh not, that's not unusual. Yeah, yeah they, people do that. No, it's not. But I just, I, I'd heard of that. And that seemed like more like an arty film. And this Downhill seemed like one of those thrown together Netflix sort of debacles. I'm, I'm sure that it was marketed that way. Yeah. Yeah. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for the eligible bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. 
At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. So, John, if you have time to stick around for another 10 minutes or so I uh, do. For, for stream this. I don't ever want to go away. <laughs> this is the portion of the show. Why uh, where we, we talk, not do this it's every 26, Wednesday. by the way. You got 26 <laughs> I points. I, I just oh, got to yeah, justify my use of the 26 uh, out of 30. Steno. Yeah, 26 yeah. out of 30. That's great. That's solid. I feel, Why are you I disappointed? Solid. I feel like there should be an asterisk because I feel like <laughs> I feel like my soundtrack answers were not high quality. The, the, like oh, John I thought Williams. you were talking about the Muppet question. Oh, well, you know what? I'll keep it then because I feel like, no, I feel like my John Williams answers were all BS. They were not high quality answers. <laughs> so subtract three. No, no. The, the, it's, I already circled the number. It stands. <laughs> oh. It's in pen. All right, then. It can't, it's canon. Can't, yeah. can't walk it back. Yeah, the spell is locked. No, 26 out of 30 is great. Nice job. Who's, at, who's done 30 out of 30? Nobody. Hmm. It's true. Mm. Although I have a gotten one of these yet i've just been like the the second banana scorekeeper i kind of want to get in the hot seat one of these mm-hmm, mm-hmm. no no we'll be in the my hot metal. seat all right here we go no you ready for this no we don't have time yes we, we stream do, this we, do. we have 10 seconds i'll do one i'll do yeah give me one let's go yeah. let's go name three movies that gene wilder is in willy wonka or charlie and the chocolate factory uh see no evil hear no evil uh the other one young, young frankenstein yeah you got that one last <laughs> now i now that's a definite asterisk i i reject that 
assistance. See, if you're so no I evil, see that. no evil. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's a deep cut. That's a later uh, Richard Pryor. Gene that's Wilder. him and Richard Pryor, where they're blind and they're both blind and deaf or something, right? Right. Yeah. Something like that. No, one I is saw blind it in the and one is deaf. With my mom when I was a kid, I think it had boobs in it. And it was Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Was that's the right. Wilder Excuse one, me. Yeah. The book is Charlie. The movie. Yeah. 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 All right, zero did, did you hear that Trump was going to do a Willy Wonka esque type uh, stunt when he emerged yeah. from the hospital after Corona? <laughs> I that he was going to like He's look gonna... all feeble and then rip off his shirt to reveal a Superman uh, emblem. That Tell was... me you're kidding. No, that no, was reported. He, but they decided not to do it. But apparently, it's a it's something that was actively discussed. Wow. <laughs> I I know that that was reported. That feels a little. A little fetched far to me, but we'll maybe s- so. I like to believe it. It I seems know. like the kind of thing. It just seems like too imaginative. All right. Anyway, we don't yeah, talk exactly. politics. Yeah, exactly. That's that's too creative for him. Why are we talking politics? Yeah, exactly. No. All right, John. Uh, when does this come? When does this is, come out? Uh, this comes out for Friday. Oh no, no, no. Two weeks. Right. Mm-hmm. By the way, everybody, this is the first election cycle that I've ever been an active volunteer in. I do phone banking. I do text banking. I do letter writing. Get your people. Help them to vote. Go to IWillVote.com. Make sure that they all understand wherever they are in your world, whatever state or commonwealth they're in, what their deadlines are, what their options are in terms of voting. Make a, a plan to safely yeah. and securely and and earlily, which is probably not a word, vote. And also, I'm voting tomorrow. And also donate some of your time if you can't donate some of your money. It's really important. Agreed. Voted a all couple right. days ago. They have our local arena fitted out with... Uh, voting machines and it took me longer to park than it did to vote you know what great yeah is that the uh, the nfl arena no the no, basketball one it's the basketball oh, no, that's the, what i meant the to state say. The farm NBA. arena the nba yeah. arena yeah the nba that's right who nba opening up those stadiums those stadia cool. for voting it's like 300 uh 300 boots i think and that that's one. the greatest i can't believe yeah. that's really stepping up thank you NBA. i can't vote there because i'm DeKalb county resident so right uh but I'm going tomorrow. It's okay. great. Early voting is the best. Uh, okay, everyone. This is Stream This, where we talk about what we've been watching lately. Uh, I will go first. Uh, the other night, Ruby and Emily and I... Uh, Ruby says hi, by the way, John. She hi, is quite fond of you and remembers you. Oh, I want to come and visit you guys again. You have such a nice <laughs> guest bedroom. Yeah. she. Uh, anytime like your voice comes on, she goes, that's John. Yeah. How's her little, how's her little backyard school going? It's going great. It, it really is going great. Big success. Good. But uh, the other night we watched Paranorman, mm-hmm. uh, the great, great um, stop motion animation, sort of her first little scary movie that she's seen. And it was wonderful. It was such a fun movie. It was highly recommended by the movie crushers. I loved everything about it. It was funny. It was heartwarming. It was a little bit scary, just enough for her age, I think, uh, slightly above her pay grade, but uh, I know we all agree that, you know, a year or two above the pay grade of a child watching uh, movie watching is kind of a good thing. Yes. And she was fine. She she got a little scared occasionally, which meant a little little snuggle on the couch. But she never wanted to turn it off. And we just had a great, great time watching Paranorman. That's uh, awesome. So we watched that. And then, Noel, I've been watching uh, or we, Emily and I have been watching I May Destroy You. Yeah. Uh, we're about halfway yeah. through season one. And boy, oh boy, is it great. It is. Yeah, I got to check wonderful, that out. Wonderful, wonderful show. I got to check that uh, out. Wait for the finale. It'll knock your socks off. It's, uh, I'm going to use it. I'm going to drop, have a drink, everyone. It's psychedelic. Like the way that it's edited, the choices, the way it kind of like reveals the music's all great sides in the show. It's, of, uh, of, 
of perspective. It's all about like, that's the thing too. going back to detectives. I love that the show feels like a detective story in some way mm-hmm. where she's like sure. on the hunt for this perpetrator, but it becomes much more than that. And it's got comedy. It's got beats of absolute drama and existential terror. And then it pivots so quickly to like these other things without ever seeming forced or stretched. And I just think it's a genius work of, uh, She's amazing. Cinema. Yeah. Michaela Cole uh, wrote, created, wrote, directed, stars, great cast all the way around. It's uh, voices that you don't hear enough of these days, and it's really, really terrific. Highly recommend it. Uh, I and I just take, started Shit's Creek, by the way. Uh, I shall take quickly. that recommendation, and thank you for stealing my recommendation. What, Shit's Creek? Yeah. It's that, so good. I just started it myself. I don't know why I didn't uh, glom onto it right away, because I love all the, the the cast. I'm such a Chris Guest fan. But for some reason, I watched a couple episodes and didn't continue. But with all the buzz lately, I was like, I'm going to try it again. And I'm obsessed. I just think they're lovely characters. I mean, they're despicable at first, but then you grow to love them. It's great. Yeah. I'm definitely a uh, Hodgman come lately on that one. Um, I People in my life were telling me to watch Shit's Creek forever. And then yeah, I... Same here. Finally, you know, after six seasons, I was I like, know. maybe I'll watch this thing. And I was like, oh, <laughs> this is the greatest thing, you know, in, in many in many ways, I, I think for what I hope people find in Dicktown, which is to say that it's a con it's a concept comedy. Right. Yeah. Um, but the concept kind of falls away pretty quickly and becomes a character comedy. Yeah. And the characters are each of them really, really likable and you know like it's a town versus gown like outside outside richie's come to this hard bitten town in in pennsylvania is it supposed to be i can't even remember yeah, i'm not even sure so. yeah. yeah like amish country yeah like this well, hard bitten rural Canada, town though, right? right yeah exactly in in so, somewhere in north america and it's sort of like the the their cultural clash but as as you pointed out no like the the fan, the fan, the rich family are all very likable and, and, you know, especially now that they're down on their luck and the local people are all very likable and you just enjoy hanging out with your friends with this movie or sorry, with this TV show. And, um, uh, uh, Dan Levy, the co-creator with his, uh, dad, Eugene, uh, he plays a character named David and he and Emily Hampshire, who plays the woman who runs the motel. What's her name? Yeah, she's good. Uh, Twyla. No, 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 no. Twyla no, no, I'm sorry. Cafe. That is his actual sister, the oh. woman who plays Twyla. That's oh, also a Levy. Interesting. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, I didn't know that. I forget the name of the. Uh, well, she's great in yeah. a tough in a tough role as sort of the the straight character. Um, yeah, the, the straight person. That's a tough. That's can be a tough bag in a broad comedy like this, and she does a great job. Hang on, I'm gonna. I I got a Emily Hampshire. See, I remembered the name of the actor. That's pretty res- respectable, right? Oh, totally. Known as sci-fi, Stevie. That's right, Stevie. I was going to say Nikki because of Stevie. I was going to say Sydney. Yeah, I guess that's right. Well, she's so deadpan too. I was going to say Stevie because it rhymes with Dick, as in Dick Town. She's sort of the voice of reason, you know, like 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 calling out all of the bullshit of everyone else's character. But she herself is also kind of a fish out of water because she doesn't make sense in this world. Right. She's so smart and sharp and snarky. Yeah. And her relationship uh, with, with Dan Levy's character, David is, inc- is incredible mm-hmm. to follow. It's so fun. I completely love yeah, it. Yeah. I think part of the fun for me too, is seeing, uh, seeing Eugene and, uh, Dan together, clearly having a good time, like father and son yeah. working on the show together. And, uh, 
it's just it, it sort of uh, gives me good good heart feels. Can I say something else like that about this show that yes. took me by surprise? I mean, it's got a, the the cast is amazing, obviously. Uh, Catherine O'Hara, a uh, uh, legend. Uh, what, what's his name? Uh, Chris. Uh, Chris Elliott. Elliott. Yeah. Emily is so creeped out by him. My, my, She's like, he always looks so gross and dirty in everything he's in. My it's hero like, and inspiration, Chris, Chris Elliott. His name I couldn't remember. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, uh, the the everyone's great, but let me just say something. Eugene Levy is. Can I swear on this? Yeah. He's fucking hot in the show. Dude. Eugene Levy looks amazing. <laughs> We were talking about that last night. I was like, "What is this guy taking?" Like, I know he he looks he looks better than he's ever looked. He's 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 slim, healthy. Yeah, his suits are incredible. I mean, his, his hair, hair, his hair is hair. And it's like it's it's one. Of, it's sort of like when comedians get pumped, uh-huh. and you're like, you're kind of breaking the code, dude. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, I you're think we to all know a- who we're talking about. <laughs> No, there are lots lots of comedians have gotten pumped. You don't know who I'm talking about at all. Oh, well, Kumal is like freaking me out, man. Like his what? cheat meal Instagrams are just like, whoa, I can't handle you anymore. Dude. I'm I thrilled by his personal journey. And it's, it's one lovely, he, but it's also it's one like he had to undertake in order to be in a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. That's why he got that jacked. You know what I mean? Oh, I know. I get it, man. I, I it's, just, like, it's just it's just a little off putting when you're yeah. used to him being the schlubby IT guy or not yeah, IT guy, uh, the, the Kamal, schlubby Kamal uh, coder. Kamal, look, but the thing is that it 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 is a little charged when a comedy person starts to look good. Do you know what I mean? No, it totally is. Uh, if, especially if they just sort of looked average or kind of you know like me, like dumpy nerd or whatever. Like if I got jacked. People would be like, oh, I don't like that. I don't like that version of John Hodgman. But Eugene Levy, man, I can't cannot deny that guy. He is looks more, great. It's more wardrobe than anything. No, just grooming no, kind of. I don't know if no, he looks like he's. No, no, he, he looks no, great. No, compare beefed him to Best in Show. He's not beefed up. He's slimmed down. That yeah, be, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah. He, he's, he's got toned, that. He's toned up a bit. He's got that. that he's be, got yeah. that uh, paleo glow. You know what that I mean. That could be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he and he. I mean, how old is he? He's got to be late sixties, right? He's uh, ninety-seven. Wow, I didn't. Oh, wow. It's really a surprise. He looks fantastic for ninety-seven. There was a really great. Like it was his birthday recently, and there was like a, a kind of you know Zoom thing of all I his comedy that. people. That was wonderful, uh, and it was just delightful. And you know they're all just throwing accolades at him. And I think it was Jason Biggs that sort of joked that that he thought this was an in memoriam video <laughs> you know of course it's a little bit of a low dude he's 73 73 yeah. can you believe that incredible yeah he looks great annie murphy and, you know, as uh as alexis the sister is also she's incredible and you know yeah. it's like they're they're all these in- incredible canadian actors and they're just these hidden treasures like they're just up there in canada making tv like crazy yeah we never watch it because we're jerks. Now we get to see all these incredible actors. <laughs> yeah, the reason I hadn't watched it because you hate, um, you hate Canada. No, there were too many uh, seasons. It was it was too daunting. I was it like, felt daunting. God, do I want to tackle something that has whatever right. like a hundred episodes? Look, sometimes culture asks you to pay pay attention to something that you've slept on, something that's you that's that you know is probably pretty good, but you just haven't gotten around to it. Yep. And sometimes culture offers you two choices. Uh, six seasons of a 30 minute sitcom like Schitt's Creek. I know where this is going. Or one season, <laughs> a total of, of 111 minutes yeah. of Dicktown. Yeah. It's the, it's the short animated Schitt's Creek of today. Bit.ly slash Dicktown. Don't sleep on it. Go dick it.
Yeah, dick it in in a night. Like dick, get some pop, pop dick, some popcorn. You know, you know what? You know when I love to dick it, I love to dick it on a Saturday morning because. <laughs> No shame in that, John. You know what I mean? No I shame. like to dick it on a Saturday morning. I like to dick dick town on a Saturday morning because it's a cartoon. Get up, you get your, your cereal, and you watch some cartoons on a Saturday morning. Not for and just get dicking. Yeah, just get get to dicking. Not by the by the way, as you can imagine, uh, unlike the Judge John Hodgman podcast, uh, Dick Town is kind of a PG thirteen. There's some swear words. No, it's kind of a PG thirteen. To- it's it's some adult, some adult themes. Yeah. Like, like fear of mortality <laughs> yeah yeah no it definitely has some uh it, you, there are f-bombs yeah i guess it's rated i guess it's rated ma for mature but i would say probably like your 15 year old could totally could dig it yeah, yeah for sure yeah, yeah you can dig it's it not, with part of your family not, not the for whole family. not for ruby also no, no, not no. for ruby this is an anti-streaming recommendation Coraline, too scary too scary for how old is she she's five yeah too scary Eden okay. saw it when she was about nine. Uh, On the bubble, loved it. yeah, and good. ten, yeah, yeah. 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 I would say and, ten. I would have said ten, but not good. Nine, good. John, are you familiar with uh, with Wonder Chosen? I am familiar with uh, Wonder Chosen. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I beginning of the episode told this whole story about how I got this mystery box of DVDs in the mail from an ex girlfriend, and that was one of my prize DVDs that she returned to me, and uh, I proceeded to watch some of it with my. 11 year old daughter who has a very dark sense of humor uh-huh. and i forgot how dark it goes and there were a few where i was just like oops skip this one yeah, right okay and now okay this one's okay no right. skip this one. but she, right. she loved it i do i watch a lot of tv with my son and he's got very good taste i'm trying to think of the movie that really surprised me that he loved i can't i mean i hang on a second I can't how old is he he's like he's 15 yeah is he into the dark Humor, <laughs> the dark memes, things like that. No, no. I mean, like I'm so, like he loves Oh Brother Where Art Thou. He loves that movie. We'll watch oh, really? it anytime. Yeah, amazing. It's really surprising. And then, you know, there's he's like every 15 year old. He's just you know, just binging The Office and then going back and starting from the beginning. The Office, The yeah. Office, The Office. He'll do Parks and Rec three times through. I think he's working on. Uh, what's the one he's working on now? One one of the that universe movies. Emily, I think it's um Kimmy Schmidt again. Mm-hmm. So that's what he likes to do for TV. But for but for movies, he's got pretty pretty. And he loved watching I Claudius with me when he was eight. <laughs> and there was some that was probably the one where I was like, um, yeah, <laughs> you know, you know what a, a Roman orgy, orgy. is, right? <laughs> Just I figure you've got the internet. You probably know. It's like yes, yeah. Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, can I make another recommendation? Yes, of I, course. I just wa- I just watched the season finale. Uh, I I know that it's, it's not everybody's cup of tea. But I really enjoyed Lovecraft Country. Did you watch Lovecraft uh, Country? I have not seen it yet. I mean, it's um. Have you seen it, Noel? You know, I I, I keep talking about this with people. I I did not uh, get into it as much as I would have liked, and I, I watched two episodes. But I keep hearing that it picks up a little later, and that it gets real kind of disturbing so i kind of want to check it out again thing, i wanted to like it very much and hearing this from you cinches it for me i'm going to give it another go when, i think that it's really worth watching uh it, it's very epi- it's very episodic more than it is successful as an arc so each individual episode some of them are you know really 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 amazing and some of them are less so you know what i mean like they're trying out a lot of different things um, it's not like when I, when I watched the first episode, I was blown away. I loved it. 
And I was like, oh, this is like Watchmen. This is a piece of, of pulp entertainment that has real social engaging with real social issues in a really interesting way. And the whole thing is going to be airtight and perfect, which Watchmen was and was one of my favorite TV shows of all time. Same. Agreed. Um, Lovecraft Country is, is not that. Lovecraft Country is not airtight. Uh, Lovecraft Country has, I think by the second episode, I was like, this just seems like a corny adventure show. Like, that's what I, that's, that's yeah. what, where it lost me a little bit. Yeah, I was like, what, what happened to the, to the perfect, like, airtight, nine-dimensional chess game that I thought I was going to be watching? This just seems like a, an episode, like there's one where they go, go into the basement of a museum to get, uh, to get a, a MacGuffin out of a, a, a well or whatever. And I'm like, this is like Hercules, the legendary journeys. <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute. I liked, well, I didn't like Hercules. I like Xena a lot, but I was like, wait a minute. That's, that's its strength. Like it's a, it's a corny supernatural show about black nerds depicting black nerds, like black pulp fiction fans in the fifties. Like, you know, the main character is a guy who loves science, is a, is a black Korean war vet who loves science fiction, loves horror novels. And people, people of color who love that stuff don't see adventure shows, corny adventure shows like Hercules, totally. the Legendary Journeys or Raiders of the Lost Ark, where they're the stars very often. And then once I realized that, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm on board for this. It's just fun. It's, it's fun. It's weird. It's disturbing. Every now and then you'll have an episode that just blows your mind in terms of what it's, what it's telling you and teaching you about the experience of race in America. And then every other episode, it's like, we have to make the sun shine and cast a spell at this time. So like the greatest, I loved it. Lovecraft country. Check it out. All right. I'm definitely going to check it out. Uh, All right. We got to move it along guys. Cause Nolan, I have to record another one after this, but John, thanks for stopping in to play the game. Thank you. Everyone watch Dick town. You can dial it up on Hulu. Google it, find out how you can best watch it, and uh, perhaps the movie crushers will step up enough to put it over the top, and you guys will get to make some more of those. I really hope so. And then, Chuck, you can be in a voice. You can be uh, be a voice in it. Hey, either way, I want you guys to make more. And it's, it's, it's a fun show. And Noel will make you the star, the new star. Oh, buddy. Yeah. Can't wait. <laughs> I'm going to recast myself. You will be the lead, the okay, co-lead I'll take with it. David Reese. I'll, I'll take right. it. I will do you proud, John. Always a pleasure hanging out with you, sir. This was lovely and Let nice me, surprise. Just just quick audition. Can you just say this? Wowie McGowie. Can you say wow? It's one of our catchphrases in Dick Town. Wowie McGowie. Yeah. Wowie McGowie. Wowie McGowie. Yeah. You know what? A lot of range. I like it. You're in. Okay. All right, let me try mine. Wagi, wagi, <laughs> wowie, mag, magowie, magowie, beef. No, all right, Chuck, you got right, the job. Chuck, you got the job. I got the job. Well, thanks for dicking this episode, everybody, and uh, it's been a real pleasure. Well, you don't dick a podcast; you audio dick it. Yeah, thanks for audio dicking this podcast. All right. Good day. Movie Crush is produced and written by Charles Bryant and Noel Brown, edited and engineered by Seth Nicholas Johnson, and scored by Noel Brown here in our home studio at Ponce Market, Atlanta, Georgia, for iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. A new season of Bridgerton is here. 
And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 